Welcome to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Shirtliff. The show is heard on WBCQ The Planet every Monday and Friday evenings at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also pick it up on our various platforms. Podomatic is our flagship platform. Uh, Amazon, iHeart, and about a half a dozen or so others. And uh, from time to time, we'll upload it on YouTube. Uh, Usually if I have a guest, I'll upload it on YouTube, either in audio or video format, depending on how it comes out, of course. And it's brought to you by Camp Constitution, which, among other things, runs a week-long family camp. Next year's camp, July 14th to the 19th. And we're we're going to, in a few weeks, I'll uh, start lining up, uh, see how many of our return instructors are, are playing and returning. We've got... Uh, Julie Wilkinson, who played the role of the abortion nurse in, uh, in Unplanned, she'll be there for her first time at our week-long camp. And we've got a couple of other uh, potential uh, guest instructors that we hope to uh, secure. And we also have a family retreat in the end of September uh, next year and a ladies' retreat in early April that we just uh, signed the contract. And we're just looking forward to uh, some, some great opportunities and activities. And now in a few days, unless you're listening to this on Friday, you would have already celebrated it. But the United States uh, celebrates Thanksgiving. Now, there's been a lot of misinformation about uh, our pilgrim ancestors. If you're a leftist or you want, you'll, if your children go to a leftist school, you're probably taught that the pilgrims exploited the Indians, they stole their land, that they either raped and uh, deliberately uh, gave them some kind of germ so they died. That's what you get, pretty much. And they were all evil, because they were white and they were Christian, so they must be evil, correct? You can't just know all the way about it. But that's not the truth. In fact, you didn't always get this stuff. All Americans used to celebrate it. Uh, and without a handful of uh, communists that would uh, take exception to any holiday that we celebrate, that celebrates th- that. And by the way, it, we're giving Thanksgiving not to the Indians. That's what I remember. We, we're thanking the Indians for helping us. And the Indians did help, but they were giving thanks to God. So a little, a little bit of background. The, uh, the Plymouth, um, the Mayflower descendants, hmm. I should say the Mayflower passengers, Half of them were uh, what they're known as separatists, that they separated from the Church of England, and they were viciously persecuted in England. They were led by uh, Pastor John Robinson, who never got here. He had planned to come. Uh, he died uh, in 1625, and he was the um, he was their pastor for many years. And they uh, many of them went to Holland, where they did have religious freedom. So they did have it there. They didn't have it in England, but um, they didn't like the culture in Holland. And <clears throat> they thought, excuse me, that the culture was uh, corrupting their youngsters. So they made an agreement with a uh, with a company in England, you know, to outfit a ship. And and they were gonna, supposed to plant in what they called Northern Virginia. And they blew off course and they landed in uh, Plymouth initially. The very first um, place they landed was Provincetown, Massachusetts. And if you uh, if you happen to travel to Massachusetts or live in Massachusetts or the area, there's a beautiful museum. I'm no fan of Provincetown, but there's one thing worth seeing, 
And that's the, um, well, two things. It's a tower there that's uh, a monument to the forefathers. Uh, I think it's called the Pilgrim Monument. It's, you know, you, you're driving from, you, as you're driving towards uh, Providence, that's the first thing you see. And there's a great museum that's right next to it. And in front of it, they actually have a, a bas relief statue of the Mayflower Compact. And what happened was uh, because they were a little off course uh, and they wanted to make a contact, a compact or a covenant. Now, a covenant is a document where you it's a it's between God and the parties that sign. That's the covenant. It's a little different than a contract between two people or two organizations. And it was it's a very brief, and I'm going to read it, and it's going to tell us why the pilgrims came. And by the way, half of the people that came were, were referred to as uh, strangers. They were not of the same pilgrim. They didn't get along too well, at least initially. And then uh, Miles Standish, of course, he, he was uh, their soldier. He was their mercenary. Well, they needed somebody with military experience. Uh, I think he had an army of three initially, and they never lost a, con a, a conflict. But that's another another topic for another time. So here is the Mayflower Compact. It was signed by all the males. I guess you had to be a certain age. I, mean, I don't know what that age was. And I'm uh, pleased to say that uh, I know for a fact that one of them, that would be Elder Brewster, William Brewster, is uh, he's the uh, he was one of the men who signed. He's also a an ancestor of mine. By the way, that doesn't make me any better than any American who is first generation. So I'm just, uh, but I'm, I'm, I had nothing to do with it. It's nothing that I earned uh, to be a Mayflower. I just happened to be born. That's all. But do honor their memory. And uh, before I read it, I know several years ago, there was an event in Plymouth. It was called, what was it called? F My People. F My People Rally. It was right at the uh, Plymouth um a monument to the forefathers, this beautiful granite statue, the largest granite statue in the country. And at this event were some real Indians. They, they prefer Indian, not Native American, at least all of the Indian people I've spoken to. They don't like, that's the, the white liberals want to call them Native Americans. And we all got to say Native Americans or we're, we're somehow, uh, you know, not, we're not progressive or we're insensitive, but they have no trouble. The ones I know, in fact, 85 percent uh there was a poll taken when it comes to sports teams uh being renamed and 85 percent of the indians polled said that they have no trouble at all with uh using names like redskins or uh, the chiefs or the indians uh like the cleveland indians they have no trouble with it but the white lefties uh have to change stuff anyway so that's just what they do uh, to ruin everything uh, change the name of a team from the Indians to the Commanders or whatever the hell they call them, or the Guardians. Yeah, what are they guarding? You know, <laughs> what the heck are the Indians? The baseball team guarding. Anyway, um, yeah. So we had this great, wonderful event, and they as as the some of the Indians was actually an Indian chief from upstate New York, and there was one one or two uh, others from western part of the country. And they said that they they have nothing but the greatest admiration and respect for the uh, the Mayflower, the Pilgrims. He said they brought the gospel of Jesus Christ to this continent, and of course that's the only the biggest reason why they're hated by the left is because they brought the gospel to this continent. Excuse me. 
I wish I had a full studio here, but I'm I'm in my kitchen and I had to let my dog in, so I had a few seconds of dead dead air. Anyway, uh, they wanted the Mayflower descendants to get on that stage with them, and we all held hands and prayed. It was very touching, and I have some of that on video uh, on our YouTube channel, Kim Constitution's YouTube channel. So let me read this uh, Mayflower Compact. It was actually signed on the Mayflower prior to them setting foot in Provincetown, Massachusetts, and. 1620. In the name of God, amen. We whose names are underwritten, the loyal subjects of our dread sovereign Lord King James, by the grace of God of Great Britain, France, and Ireland, King, Defender of the Faith, etc., having undertaken for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. Let me stop right there and repeat that. For the glory of God in the advancement of the Christian faith in honor of our king and country, a voyage to plant the first colony in the northern parts of Virginia. And of course, I'm, let me just interject here. Virginia, at that time, compromised most of the East Coast. Um, do by these presents solemnly and mutually in the presence of God and one another, covenant and combine ourselves together into a civil body politic for our better ordering and preservation and furtherance of the ends aforesaid and by virtue hereof to enact, constitute, and frame such just and equal laws, ordinances, acts, constitutions, and offices from time to time as shall be thought most meet and convenient for the general good of the colony, unto which we promise all due submission and obedience, in witness whereof we have hereunder subscribed our names at Cape Cod the 11th of November in the year, oh, and that's the old calendar, so it would be, uh, I think, a little earlier than I would. It was like an 11-day adjustment uh, of November in the year of the reign of our sovereign Lord King James of England, France, and Ireland, the 18th of Scotland, the 54th Anno Domini, 1620. So that is, uh, and we actually, we make, we reprinted this, uh, uh, and we, we teach this at our camp. And we make think it's, it's one of the important organic documents of our nation. So uh, we do encourage all of you to share this at your dinner table, uh, thank, uh, Thanksgiving dinner table. You can find it. You go to our website and download it, but you can probably find it almost anywhere else. Um, and that was the reason why they came. And they did a pretty good job of promoting the gospel. I know it was tough. Just surviving was, was difficult, uh, but they, uh, they did uh, promote the gospel. Uh, they did convert some of the Indians uh, to Christianity. And um, you, we've all heard the story of uh, Squanto and, uh, and um, Samoset. Samoset, I believe, was the first Indian uh, that actually encountered them. He spoke English. Squanto had taught them. And Squanto had been a member of a tribe. And I can't remember the Puxita. I can't remember the name. that They were in the Plymouth uh, area. Uh, and... They had died of a disease. Almost the whole tribe was wiped out, and uh, they were very hostile to uh, to any to, to to English or any you know any uh, Europeans that sailed, and it would most likely have would have wiped out the Plymouth colony pretty quickly. But Squanto was actually kidnapped um, into slavery, and he got he ended up uh, converting to Christianity, and he the, he was set free, and he had he was. He was on a ship, and then the one time, and the person put, I'm going to re-enslave you. I'm not going to bring you back to your home. But he was a big help. He spoke the language. He taught the uh, 
the uh, colonist uh, how to uh, grow uh, corn or maize, and it's really, it was bad soil even back then. In fact, within a within a generation and a half, Plymouth sort of became somewhat of a ghost town because people went further inland where there was better, uh, where the soil was better, and that. Uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, he died several years later. So they actually had a treaty with Massasoit, who was the, the chief of several, four or five of the tribes in uh, Rhode Island and Massachusetts. And that tra that treaty lasted over 50 years. And there was one time where Massasoit got deathly ill. He was in Rhode Island. And Edward Winslow, who was, a uh, he, he walked, I think, 40 miles to... Um, to bring him herbs. And he found halfway there, he met an Indian. He said, no, the great chief is dead. He says, well, let me go anyway. And he wasn't dead, but he was close to a de death and he nursed him back to health. And also in 1630, two of the colonists uh, murdered an Indian. And they thought, the Indians thought, yeah, they're going through the motions. Uh, they're not going to uh, find these people guilty. Because, well, you know, Indians, they don't consider us uh on the same level as the Englishman. Well, they found him guilty and they were hanged. And that's when they realized, yep, these English, so this notion of racism it was not true. This notion that uh, they, they, they had some, that they were exploiting them. Anytime any land was purchased, Massasoit had to have approved the transaction. So no, nothing without the approval. No land was sold without the approval of Massasoit. And uh, now when he died, one of his sons, King Philip, uh, he's the one that started the King Philip's War. And his goal was to wipe out not just the whites, but all of the Christian Indians as well. Uh, and it was the first Thanksgiving feast in the colony. They lost half the colony the first year. Uh, and that's following spring, and it was a relatively mild winter. That first spring, when the ice, uh, when there were the, the, the Mayflowers refitted, and they were heading back to uh, the captain of the ship there said, anyone else want to come, you know, you can come along. Not one of them left. They all stayed, and they flourished. They were, they were under, now they say the pilgrims were socialist. Well, they weren't socialist. The, the company that they contracted with that was a provision that everybody, everything would be shared equally, no matter how hard you worked or how hard you didn't work. So that first harvest was very meager because they were people were some people were lazy, and that's when Governor Winthrop, uh, I'm sorry, not Governor Governor Bradford, who was the governor of that colony, uh, he was the second, the first governor. John Carver died the first year, so he didn't have much time to govern. But uh, Governor Bradford. I think he was reelected, and I think they may have re been elected every year, or every, at least every year, maybe every two years. He was their governor uh, for, I don't know, 30 years. It was amazing uh, how long he, he was there, how much they respected him and admired him. And so anyway, uh, under governor, his leadership, they said, you know, we're going to divide the land uh, by the size of the family, and it will have people have their own, that will raise their food on their own. And uh, that that year they had an incredible harvest. Uh, it was great. In fact, they had a they had a drought, and it affected the Indians too. So they brought the Indians, uh, and they prayed for rain. And uh, boy, they got a great rain after that, and they had a wonderful crop. 
And it was in October uh, of that year that they had their first Thanksgiving. And they invited the Indians and the Indians brought their, uh, they brought venison, deer meat, and they brought some, uh, some kind of uh, game, uh, fowl, whatever it was, probably ducks and geese or whatever else was there. And they didn't want to leave. They were having such a great time. There was games and competition and uh, singing of hymns and all kinds of great, uh, great fellowship. And Fat Bradford, I say, okay, guys, time to go home. We, we got work to do. I think they hung around for two or three days. And uh, that was the first Thanksgiving. We should celebrate it because it's a wonderful American tradition. I know other countries uh, might have certain days, and uh, I know Thanksgiving meals. Uh, this wasn't the first one in the history of the world, but it was a very unique to our history, and we should celebrate it. We don't have to feel guilty about eating a turkey or whatever else we eat. We don't have to think that we we did we horrible white Christians did some horrible things and not the case. We there was a lot of things that were done to the Indians subsequently, but it wasn't done by the pilgrims. And uh they had they had a good rapport with the Indians and a good relationship with them for uh, many, many years. And and they still do. Uh there's still some Indians that have been living there from the for, for, for the longest time. Um let me just, oh, yeah, so I did I did read the Mayflower Compact. Okay, uh, we'll switch gears just a little bit to talk a, a, a little bit about some current events. Um, you know, this last election, uh, there's, you know, uh, what we had in November, early November, what happened in Virginia, I don't remember he hearing the news report. I thought that it said the Democrats sweep the elections. I thought, what? What, did the Republicans lose every single seat in the House, in the House of Burgess? Um, they call them delegates. Uh, they don't call them um, state reps. Well, I, I looked at the tally, and yeah, it was a little disappointing. I think the Democrats have a three-seat majority in the House and a two-seat majority in the Senate. Uh, that's not exactly, and so they maintain control of the Senate. There was a few unexpected, some Republicans won in areas that they don't usually win in. And I think there was a couple of recounts where Republicans won. A uh, Republican mayor of Manchester, New Hampshire, was elected uh, for the first time, I think, since uh, 16 or 15. Uh, we have um, Louisiana had a special election just a few days ago. Uh, we had a secretary of state. You had three. There were statewide uh, executive branch, uh, attorney general, secretary of state. I don't remember the third one was. And Republicans all won, and now Republicans have complete control of every executive office there. And so, yeah, there were some disappointing uh, results uh, in some places, but it really wasn't uh, what the media was portraying, like, oh, my goodness, Bidenomics is winning over people. And even the election in uh, Kentucky that was relatively close, a uh, Democrat governor who uh, ended up regaining his seat, uh, winning, uh, you know, winning, uh, winning another what, four years, and he even said that this election's got nothing to do with Biden. You know that it wasn't uh, a reflection on people loving Biden or not loving Biden. Uh, so anyway, and again, I I want to point out though, just because a Republican wins a seat doesn't there are some Republicans who are as bad or close to as bad as uh, many Democrats. So just being a Republican. But, you know, today we th we're thinking if you're a Democrat, the Democrat Party is really showing its true colors at, in the last, you know, last few years, just how authoritarian they are, just how 
Uh, now, I'm not talking about the average Democrat, average Democrat who votes just, oh, well, I'm I'm a union guy. I got to vote Democrat or, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm retired and uh, the Republicans are going to take all my money away. And uh, if I don't vote Democrat, that's kind of uh, and unfortunately, you've got a lot of voters who are just terribly misinformed. They don't even know anything about the candidate they vote. You ask them about, hey, you're voting the Democrat for the Democrat. Yeah. What do you think? What do you know of him? Oh, he's a great guy or she's a great gal. How do you know they vote? Do you know how they vote on things? Eh, eh, who cares? So most people aren't ideal aren't ideologues. And the very notion that you can have a debate with a Democrat and Republican, and people still haven't made up their minds by the time there's a debate, that tells you that they're not ideologues. They're, they're waiting for, okay, he's got a one-liner that he, he, she's pretty, he's cute, he's handsome, I'm going to vote with He's articulate, oh, he, he really gave it to that guy. He came back with a great one-liner, man. I'm going to vote for that guy with a one-liner. You know, that's how a lot of people vote. And the leftists know that. You know, we, we, we want to fill them up with facts and information and voting records and all that. We need to do that, by the way. But um, the, but the left, uh, they don't do that. They, they try to scare. It's not like they have anything to offer. Like, you know, vote for us. And we're going to make sure that the illegal aliens don't overrun the country. We're not going to send every dollar to a foreign country to fight the war. We're not going to send your kids off to a foreign No, it's just the Republicans are this. They're going to they're gonna take away. They're going to force you to have babies. They're going to, oh, the Christians are about to take over. The Christian nationalists are on the verge of complete takeover of the country. That's the narrative. So I better go out and vote or uh, I'll be taken over. I'll be forced to convert to Christianity or be executed. That's how insane. And every, it seems like every day I'm seeing articles, uh, you know, and I get on my computer, Christian nationalism, this Christian nationalism, that. And by the way, I don't know anyone. There may be some people who share that view and they haven't told me, but, they, but that you put country over God. No, I, I don't know anybody of that. In fact, most Christians I know, and these would be either to, you know conservative Catholic Christians, conservative um, Protestants, evangelical, Bible-believing, uh, Latin mass. I said most of these people, they support Israel. They, um, they support missionaries around the world. They want to see the gospel spread, not just in the United States, but other parts of the world. Uh, I don't know too many atheist missionaries that set up hospitals in uh, third world countries that are dangerous places to be. I don't know of any. There may be, but I don't know of any. Maybe if some some atheist uh, benevolent group can reach out to me and say, hey, you're wrong, Hal. This is an atheist group that uh, they may have taken some over and they've secularized them. But as far as I know, they haven't uh, they haven't started any atheist group. Yeah, the U.S. government, I guess, is the, the great atheist missionary or secular missionary where they uh, give you money. And uh, I had I had a discussion with uh, my, my good friend, Reverend Stevie Kraft, over, is this was before the Hamas attack at Hamas, where they murdered in cold blood young people, little ba babies and uh, whole families, just disgusting. Um, uh, you know, he's, he, he's of the opinion uh, that the United States government has a kind of a biblical mandate to support Israel. And I said, do you actually think that the United States government is sending money to Israel because they think there's a biblical mandate. And, you know, no, of course we don't think so. I don't, I'm not definitely not under Joe Biden. Uh, um, and I said, Israel is a first world country. They've got the best army. And one reason why it's so good is because they're always using it. 
you know, you uh, and before World War II, we hadn't had uh, any. Uh, we had all the young, the young soldiers were not veterans of World War One. So you had a lot of green troops. You had some some people with leadership at the leadership level that had some experience. But if you if you don't have combat experience, then you know you 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 might be well trained and well equipped, but you still don't have that combat experience. But the the Israelis do. You know, they've been at war, or and it, it's not. You know, in '67, and then you had—I uh, remember that you know, the seven. That was the '48, '67, the Yom Kippur War. Then you had, I think, '72, and they're always firing rockets are being fired in, and they and they're going on missions. So it's uh, already it had been pretty stable for a long time too, and that's usually when you know things are going to things are going to go south pretty quickly, and that's that's what happened. So most Christians uh, now, yeah. So getting back to it, so. I said the problem with U.S. foreign aid that it doesn't just come with strings attached; it comes with chains. And for example, uh, I got a picture on my Facebook page of uh, Bill Clinton sitting down with Yasser Arafat, who was the head of the PLO. He was a terrorist, an anti-Semite terrorist, and they had you know. So we elements in our country, the deep state, said to the Israelis, "Okay, if you want to get this money, you've got to." create this Palestinian authority. We're going to give them money and you get, you got to let them have their own little semi-autonomous or autonomous area. And they agreed to it. And so in many respects, we are an enemy of Israel because we keep on telling them to play foot, footsie with terrorists. I, I remember when Bill Clinton was president, I was in front of the post office with my son at the time, and there was a LaRouche guy, and I'm no fan of LaRouche, don't get me wrong. And some liberal was, oh, you people are all anti-Semites. He's giving them a hard time. And I, I, I have issues with LaRouche's people, but I don't think anti-Semitism was one of them. And uh, I said to him, I said, uh, do you agree that Yasser Arafat is an anti-Semite? Oh, yeah, of course he's an anti-Semite. I said, do you think he's a bigger threat to the Jews than than uh, LaRouche, and he didn't really want to answer that. Well, I I don't know how to answer that one. And I said, um, what, uh, I said that the United States government just gave millions of dollars to Yasser Arafat. In fact, Yasser Arafat was in the White House hanging out with Bill Clinton, and Bill Clinton was shaking his hand. So does that make Bill Clinton an anti-Semite? He says, well, that's national, federal, that's international policy. I says, well, let me, let, wait a minute, let's back up now. You admit that this guy is an enemy of the Jews, that he has a history of terrorism and murder. Yes. And he's in the White House getting our money, taxpayer money. And you don't acknowledge that. And he just couldn't, he just, and this guy is probably a just polished graduate. Uh, he just walked away. He couldn't deal with that. So now we're hearing that a lot of these left-wing Jewish uh, big supporters of Ivy League, Ivy League colleges have finally pulled their money out. And Candace Owens said, yeah, you don't like it because they're out, they're showing their true anti-Semitism, but you did nothing to intervene when this was going on. You should have said something before this, when they were giving money supporting Black Lives Matter, when, when they were supporting this wokeism, this, all the stuff that you didn't take a stance on. So you enabled them to do what they do. Yeah, we're glad you're pulling their money out, but you should have done it a long time ago. What, you know, it takes this much before you say, hey, we're not giving you money anymore. And for that, she's on, uh, you know, she's speaking truth here. And for that, they're, uh, they're you know, the 
Mr. Ben Shapiro is uh, is 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 going after her. I guess uh, I don't think she's fired her, but she works for the Daily Wire. Uh, so anyway, um, I think it's important to point that out too. Nothing that we do at the with Biden as president and his handlers in charge will benefit the state of Israel. So they, they'll be calling for a ceasefire. They're, we propped up Iran. We're giving them money. So we're, we're supporting. It's been going on like that for a long, long time, too. And uh, so but it's finally and, and here are these uh, these uh, rallies around the country, mostly upper middle class white kids that are attacking, burning Israeli flags, burning American flags. They actually attack the DNC headquarters and um in these uh, headquarters while there were Democrats there and they had to have the police and there were police were injured and such. Uh, that's what I call a real, um, that's an insurrection, you know, anyway, we're almost out of time. I want to thank you for listening. You've been listening to camp constitution radio with your host, Hal Shirtliff. We encourage you to visit our website, campconstitution.net. Check out the Sam Blumenfeld archive Go to our YouTube channel. Our viewership is down a little bit. Please go there. Uh, Camp Constitution, we have over a thousand videos on a number of different topics, and we encourage you to uh, watch them, share them with other people, and also our downloads. We have some incredible resources, uh, things that you can even flyers that you can pass out. There's a, a plastic bag ban that's being proposed in your community. We have a great flyer printed out. You can print it out and put your group's name on there. We don't care. Anyway, have a great Thanksgiving. And until next week, may God richly bless you. Campconstitution.net is where you can find us. <laughs>